Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Friday, November 17th, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney from Insights in Automation, and this is a show where I talk about what's new and happening in industrial automation. And as I do every morning, I just got to check the board, make sure the microphone's working, make sure, um, well, the office is a little bit of a mess, but I did fix the coffee cup from yesterday. So in any case, sometimes the wind comes through too, and it gets so windy here that it, it kind of does shake the, uh, shake the office a little bit and makes things skew a little bit. But usually it's me just bumping in the stuff. But in any case, I hope your Friday is off to a great start. I am getting ready for a mega road trip on Monday. So it's been a little crazy here trying to get all the work done and get ready for the road trip. But in any case, with that, let's go ahead and get started here. And I do have the chat up if you want to say hi. And uh, with that, uh, I do want to start by saying if you enjoy these morning news updates, please, whether you're watching live with us this morning or you're watching after the fact, please give us a like, a sub, and a share because that is a fuel that keeps us on the air. And I mean that. It really does uh, help us keep stay on the air and find new vendors to sponsor the show. And speaking of sponsors, I really want to thank Siemens today for sponsoring this week's series of morning news shows. You can see here I'm featuring their uh, uh, Unified Comfort Panel, HMI, really beautiful high-resolution panels. Um, if you haven't seen it, you've got to take a look at it. And these are full-blown HMIs. So uh, with that said, let's go ahead and jump into the news. And uh, we have a, a press release from Wittenstein. I just saw them last week at the fair. And uh, they're launching their CyberKit Line Medium. Now, these are modular frameless motors directly integrated into the machine. Um, these are very interesting devices. Let me go over to the product page here and uh, show you some pictures of it. And uh, just very cool how they have a hollow core and um, just very interesting product line. So congratulations to Wittenstein on their new, uh, the new product line launch. And uh, also remember, they, they're expanding their America plant by, by huge, I forget how many square feet it was, but millions and millions of dollars that they're investing right here in uh, America to uh, expand their local manufacturing, which I'm a, as you know, I'm a huge fan of. And I wanted to kind of roll that into uh, just a reminder that we're going to release the automation podcast early. Usually it releases Wednesday afternoon at 3.30 but we're releasing it at 7.30 in the morning on Monday since I'll be driving down to visit family down south. So uh, even though we won't have an automation morning show on Monday morning, if you switch over to the automation podcast, I sit down with John um, Gardner from Manufacture Local and we have a, a long discussion about his art. He has all this cool manufacturing art from the hit from, you know, from, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years ago. And also we talk about manufacturing, the state of manufacturing. We offer a lot of opinions which may prompt you to use our talkback link to send us your opinions because, you you know, everybody has their own opinion, right? But in any case, I just wanted to throw that out there. So Monday, 7.30, look for the Automation Podcast because I will be on vacation. Uh, from there, we go over to Advantech, and they have an announcement here. You don't see a lot of these announcements about AMD industrial computers, but uh, they've, uh, they just launched their first AMD AM5 Ryzen Embedded 7000 Industrial ATX Motherboard. Now, just looking at this motherboard, it looks like a standard motherboard. I've been building my own PC since, uh, well, since I got my first PC, an 8088. And um, this, this looks like a regular motherboard. I guess there's a little bit beefier uh, uh, heat sink here and maybe over here. But uh, one thing I did as I was looking into the spec, and we all know Advantech's been around forever. They're a major player in industrial computers, right? One thing that I did notice, though, in the specs, it was 0 to 60C. 
So uh, some of the more extreme or rugged industrial PCs we've covered go, you know, minus 20, 30, 40 to, you know, 60, 70, 80. So just keep that in mind. But still, it's great to have this option. You know, it's always great to have an AMD option. I, I'm an Intel guy, but I know my son likes to use AMD and uh, they have a, I think they have a better price point. Um, so if you're really trying to get the best performance for the dollar, that's the way to go. But in any case, uh, from there, I wanted to go over to a press release from Maxon and uh, they, they have five innovations, excuse me. <coughs> they have five innovations that they are showing off at SPS 2023. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but I did want to share this first one that we're looking at here. This is their IDX 56 drive with a GB12 gearhead and ENX22 EMT encoder. So complete system right here, all assembled for you. And uh, you can see some of the other innovations they're showing off at the show. But uh, I wanted to feature that because uh, this was just came out this week. From there, we go over to a very interesting interview from Beckoff, and this is on... This is part of their series, 20 years of, you know, EtherCAT, right? And what I thought was interesting about this is they kind of go back and talk about the beginnings of networking with, uh, with uh, EtherCAT and how originally their first network was a fiber optic network. And then they decided to go to, um, to switch over to uh, designing EtherCAT. And they talk about how it was created to be super fast and, and all that kind of good information. So uh, they have a nice chart here in German, which which I won't pull up now because I can't read it. But in any case, um, very, very interesting interview if you're into that kind of stuff. From there, we go over to our featured product for today. Today, we're featuring the S7 1200 and 1500 forever course at theautomationschool.com. You buy it once, you own it forever. And that includes asking uh, the instructor, Mike, in this case, me, questions about what's going on. I also include my interviews. So every quarter, I try to take all the interviews I do with Siemens, and include them in the course commercial free. So there's nobody else doing that in the world. We have over, I think, 10 interviews already that are bonus lessons. So you, it's continuously updating. You know, I love adding new lessons, but uh, being able to add new interviews, uh, many times I can do that quicker because we have an interview, we're doing an interview every week with a different vendor. So in any case, uh, that's a great way like to find out what's uh, what was the whole thing about cause and effect matrix or what was new in V18. And I'm looking forward to doing one on what's new with V19. I just got to get with the Siemens guys and get that scheduled. But I'm excited about that. You know, we've been covering V19 as, uh, as uh, information has been dripping out. But in any case, and, and we're doing the same thing for the Allen Bradley. I'm looking forward to, to getting on uh, with Kristen on, I think it's V36 that's coming out or just about to come out. So um, we're doing that with all our courses. We try to interview all the vendors. So in any case, uh, we'll, from there, we'll go over to a blog from Opto22. Now, this talks about their Opto Memory Map Protocol, or Opto MMP. And reading this, you know, I don't have an uh, Opto22 Epic controller or any of their controllers, but uh, it reminded me a lot of Data Highway Plus and message instructions, how you could write into another PLC's memory space, right? N N7, F8, you know, T4, whatever. And so it was very interesting. And I didn't realize, but it's based on IEEE 1394, which many of you may know of as Firewire, which really never took off on the PC side of things. But um, I mean, never took off as in, you know, not like SATA or, or um, you know, USB, right? But in any case, from there, we go over to a new article from PLC Next. And this is uh, by Phoenix Contact. And I thought this was a very beefy and very interesting article about integrated security with PLCs. 
And it really talks about, it starts off talking about um, what uh, German uh, authorities have been talking uh, uh, that are, are pointing out that are potential vulnerabilities in industrial control systems and how these systems get compromised and what those compromises can lead to. And so I thought all that was very interesting, even though it's, you know, even though it was a German authority that, that was quoted, everything they say is true. I mean, it can happen anywhere in the world, right? And so uh, from there, they start going into, you know, 62443, and they talk about uh, security levels. What's the difference between SL0 and SL4? And uh, they go through that. They also talk about maturity levels. And then they dive into how they achieved the 62443, um, I think there's a typo here, 62433? 62, I think that's supposed to be 62443-4-2 security um, uh, certification. So we've started to talk about that. We started to see more and more uh, companies come out with that. And we will, at some point, we have an unsponsored episode recording with the ISA about ISA Secure. We talk about that a little bit more. Um, we have a full recording already published about 62443 with ISA. Um, Eric Cosman uh, did that one and it, it's great. And um, so we, you can learn more from, uh, from our interviews there. We also recently just did one with uh, Red Lion where we really focused in on zones and conduits too. So check that one out as well. Uh, from there, I wanna go over to Software Toolbox, they had a new article out, and this talks about the, all the security features of TopServer. So if you're using TopServer, you may find, again, I don't have a copy of the software, but if you're using TopServer, you may want to check this article out because there, there seems to be a lot of built-in security reminiscent of some other packages you may be familiar with, but um, security and more and more is becoming an important part of what we do in the industrial controls world. And um, if you think about it, you know, we were talking yesterday about even insurance agencies are now getting into the into the act because when they have to, uh, when a pipeline shuts down for days and sends gas to eight dollars a gallon, um, when they try to when they try to uh, uh, put that off on the insurance agency, they're going to have a lot of questions like, "Well, how did this happen? Did you guys not have basic security?" So um, we can see this being more and more important in our lives as time goes on, and um, so I wanted to share that with you. Very interesting there. And then this article here, this is an application note or, or case study from Advantech. And it's about a product I didn't know they had. Um, I think of Advantech as industrial computers and beautiful uh, touchscreen panel PCs. But this, uh, this article is about uh, an intelligent logistics control solution for AGVs. And they're using their own product that has CodeSys, which is a PLC engine, built in. So I didn't realize that. They also support EtherCAT. I think they support OpenCAN, uh, can open. I'll get that backwards. Let's see, let me, I got the uh, product page open. So here's what it looks like. And I just thought it was very interesting. This supports Slice.io, so you can see the connector there. So it has some IO here, but it also supports Slice.io. And it has CodeSys built right in. You know, the developer for CodeSys is free. And um, let's see, it supported EtherCAT. Uh, let's see down here, EtherCAT, uh, can open, and Modbus. I think that's Modbus TCP, as well as MQTT and OPC UA and so on. But in any case, I didn't even know they had a, I mean, this is a, would be a PLC, right? So uh, very interesting there. From there, we go over to our featured guide today over at theautomationblog.com. We have over 1,700 free articles and videos on using automation. And today we're featuring the 
S7 1500 guide, which is an ordered list of our content on the S7 1500. And um, you can have see everything here from finding your distributor to uh, what kind of demos are available or, or starter kits, you know, how to integrate different products. Um, some of these, most of these I've written, but some of these, some of our uh, freelancers have written, like uh, Brandon, um, who I get to meet at the fair, which was great. Um, we got interviews with Siemens up here. Um, we got things like uh, string selection from binary input, PID compact technology object, using function blocks, writing your first SCL code, and so on. PLC SIM, we got a couple articles on that. Um, and then I just wanted to point out, we got using encoders. So IFN had sent us some of these beautiful encoders with the displays on them. So we show how to use those with the high-speed counter. And um, the other one I wanted to show, they also, also how to use the temperature controllers. The one I wanted to uh, kind of call out though, it's uh, closing in on half a million views across all platforms. And uh, that is my wire program, download and test a new program in an S7-1500. So I want to thank everybody who's watched that. Uh, that's really been uh, a real success for us here. Um, just a little inside baseball, the revenue we've received from uh, that video, even though it's closing in at a half a million views, is still not enough to even to buy an S7. So that's why you see us going with a lot of sponsorships, right? So hopefully that explains that. But um, nobody's advertising on automation videos. Well, nobody who's paying any, anything worth talking about. So from there, we go over to... And Opto 22, this is an Opto blog, but really it's a video. So I'm highlighting it as a video and I thought it was exceptionally done. This is um, they're actually using the Groove View HMI that's built into the Groove Epic. Now, we all know, we've covered this many times on the show, that you can run Ignition on the Gro uh, Groove Epic, right? But they also have their own built-in HMI. And uh, I thought they did a great job in this video just, you know, keeping it fun and, and, and keeping it pertinent and uh, just showing you how to go ahead and build an HMI screen. And uh, so I wanted to share that as today's video. Uh, also, we have a bunch of, and I'm going to include all, all the way up through the first week of December because I'm on vacation next week. Um, so uh, Horner is having a, uh, an event on Tuesday, November 28th at 2 p.m. This is an online webinar and it's about integrating servos with the Horner OCS system. We also, I think we've scheduled to have Horner on the show. Um, if I remember correctly, when I get back from vacation, we're going to be recording a show with them, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, from there, we go over to obviously MDT. They have actually a in-person event going on December 6th in Detroit, Michigan. So if you're in that area, check that out. Uh, from there, we go over to Unitronics. We have met with them. We'd love to get them on the show. Um, Unitronics, and uh, they have an event on December 6th at 10 a.m. Eastern. And this is going to be a, a free webinar about data logging with Unitronics. Very interesting there. And then Universal Robots, this is on December 7th at 1400 local time, I'm assuming, because it doesn't say CST or EST or anything like that. So uh, that would be uh, 2 p.m. if I'm doing my math correctly. And this is Manufacturing of the Future changing the way we train our cobots. They don't have that in the title, but I'm assuming that's what they mean. Uh, from there, we go over, I have actually two excellent uh, science and technology stories today. The first one is about GM and Stellantis um, getting in on some non-rear earth permanent magnet motors. And I thought it was a very interesting article. They even talk about, like a lot of people don't think that uh, this, this is real 
the real deal because the people behind, uh, it's called, let's see, what is it called? I just saw it and it moved. Nyron Magnetics, right? The, the combination of uh, minerals they're using to create this permanent magnet motor, people don't believe it. People don't believe that it's going to work. And so the, the part of the problem here is that they're not telling them the mixture because it's, uh, you know, it's, you know, uh, uh, intellectual property and they don't want to give any of their competition a leg up. Right. But uh, let's see if we can find the elements in here as we browse through here. I thought it was a very interesting article and um, I know it's an iron something nitrate or. Oh, well, I guess I'm not going to find it. Let me just search on iron real quick. But I, I thought it was very interesting because, let's see, iron nitride or a nit, nitride? I don't know. But in any case, a lot of experts are saying that ain't going to give you uh, something to compete with like a neodymium or one of these other rare earth magnets, right? So very interesting. We'll have to keep, uh, keep an eye on this. I mean, GM and Stellantis have really put a lot of money into this company and they're hoping to have products uh, late next year or, or 2025. So we'll have to keep an eye on it, but hopefully they can do it because you want to be able to make your, make your uh, permanent magnet motors anywhere in the world. You just don't want to source. I think 90% of uh, neodymium and other rare earths that go into permanent magnet motors come out of one country that is not a free country that doesn't have a very good record on, uh, you know, human rights and uh, environmentals. Uh, uh, concerns. So I think this is the wave of the future. That's why we cover it here on the show. And also now I thought this one was just great. This is such a great walk going back in time. Ethernet is 50 years old this year. And um, I just really enjoyed this article going back the story about, you know, how it was developed and, you know, Xerox and, and, and all the things they were doing and how it was based off of a wireless network in uh, Hawaii and the Aloha network. And just really enjoyable, uh, light reading, but fun. And if you're a technology person and you're kind of getting nostalgic about this stuff, very interesting. They were using coax uh, at the time. And um, really, they, it, it, it's a very interesting article. So I highly recommend it. I would love to, uh, to um, I would love for these guys to put together a museum, the IEEE folks, uh, where they could have all these things, uh, all these things uh, on uh, you know, on display, because I'd love to see some of this stuff. But in any case, I'm sure if you guys know of some place that does that, I know there's a computer museum, um, both in um, both in Boston and in uh, D.C. I've been to both, but it's been a long time since I've been there. But in any case, with that, I do want to thank Siemens for sponsoring today's show and making it ad-free. They sponsored the entire week, and we just want to say thank you. If you see anybody from Siemens, thank them for sponsoring Independent Automation Journalism. And with that, I also want to just remind you, if you think I missed something this week, of course, I'll be gone next week, uh, please use the news tip link to send in the news tip form. Also want to thank everybody who signed up. I got a new question that I just found this morning. It looks like it's eight hours old uh, that came in. So I'll be looking at that later today. But I want to thank everybody who is following us over at automation.locals.com. That's our community. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't remember the story, I closed down the automationforums.com uh, several years ago. And now we're here and this is just, it's just better. The price of admission just to keep out the trolling people is uh, $2 a month. I just try to keep, that's as low as I can make it actually. So I like to say one cup of coffee a month to be a part. And a lot of people just, uh, they just join up and they don't ask questions just because they want to be part of the community and support our work here. So I want to thank, I think we picked up a half a dozen people over the last couple of days up here. So thank you all for following us and uh, especially for those who uh, 
who buy us a cup of coffee once a month. Really appreciate you guys. Uh, from there, we go over to, I also want to thank, and I saw several of these orders go through over the last couple of weeks, people picking up my eBooks or my video collections. Sometimes people pick these up as uh, digital only. Sometimes they pick them up as USB. Um, either way, thank you, thank you. Um, and as well as anybody picking up our uh, coffee cups and T-shirts, I thank you all. Every penny goes right back into what we do here. So I really appreciate you all there. And with that, just a reminder that uh, all of the links I covered today will find their way up today to automate.news. Every single link we've covered in all 145 plus shows are at automate.news. And uh, just a couple of uh, notes here. I will be, as soon as this is done and this is published to all the edited and published to all the different destinations, I will begin working on automation this week, which is a compilation of all of the episodes from this week. So if you have to work in the garage, walk the dog, or you're going on a road trip and you just want to catch all the shows in one big long format, that will be uh, coming out tomorrow. Then I'm on vacation all week for Thanksgiving week. I usually don't take that week off, but we want to get together with the family. We've got all the family except for one of my brothers are getting together at my daughter's house down south. So really looking forward. Even all the grandkids will be together again. Can't wait to see them. But um, in any case, uh, um, when I come back, I will actually be doing the next show on the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving, not Monday. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. I will be back on the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving. So I'm saying that because uh, I won't be on that Monday. So I don't want anybody to be mad. Sean, where are you? In any case, uh, I do also remind you that this coming Monday, the Monday of Thanksgiving week, we're releasing the automation podcast early at 7.30 in the morning. My discussion with John Gardner on manufacturing. We look at his art. It's a lot of fun. We had a great conversation. Or probably some of our opinions may, may, you may agree with and then others you may not. So feel free to use the talkback link to send in your opinions and let us know where we got things wrong. Um, and with that, I think I covered everything. Did I cover everything? I think I did. So with that, I just want to wish you all an awesome Friday. I want to wish you an awesome weekend, and since I'm not here next week, have a great Thanksgiving week, especially if you're in the U.S. Um, you can celebrate Thanksgiving wherever you, wherever you live, but if you're in the U.S., I know you'll be celebrating it with the rest of us. So I want to wish you an awesome week, and I'll see you on the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, not the Monday, but the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And uh, again, just want to wish you all an awesome day and week ahead, and uh, just want to encourage you to stay courageous, stay fearless. And until next time, my friends, peace.